Sometimes we get so overwhelmed that even if it doesn't take a lot of time to do the thing that would make our life a lot better, we're just like, I have no more space. I have no more capacity to do anything else. And doing an exercise that's really intentional like this will help you get clarity on what changes you could make and how you can make space for a little bit of time for yourself. I'm Sharia Woods. I'm a dreamer, a mom, and a community builder. I've always loved learning people's stories and figuring out how to keep getting better. And I created the Rise Society podcast to give you the inspiration and step-by-step strategies you need to get clear on what you want so you can design a life you love. If you know there's something bigger in this world for you and you're ready to figure out what it is, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Rise Society. I am going to be talking about one of the biggest sources of overwhelm today, um, and that's time, or rather feeling like you don't have enough time. I know this can be especially challenging for new moms, um, young moms who are struggling to balance work and parenthood, but really it can be anyone at any phase of life where you're just trying to do so many things and you don't feel like you have enough bandwidth to get those things done. I know what it's like. I mean, for me, for my friends, you know, our days are full of Zoom calls, school drop-offs, trying to help our kids with homework, taming the not-so-occasional temper tantrum. (laughs) And even if you're not a mom, you could be in school or you could be trying to climb the corporate ladder. And there's just so many things that are pulling at us. And sometimes you don't have time to even eat. So forget about meal prepping or getting on the stationary bike that you're still paying off. There's just no time for any of the stuff that you know would make you feel better and would help you show up better in the world, but you just feel like you don't have any time or space or grace to be able to do those things because you have all these other things you need to do. I see you. I get it because I've been there. And honestly, some days I'm still there, but I've figured out a few time hacks that allow me to squeeze in moments to breathe and to do things that really fill me up and make me better. Like for example, recording this podcast, (laughs) Um, And I do things that range from outsourcing to delegating and even saying the dreaded word, no. (laughs) And so I have a few tricks up my sleeve. And so I'm going to walk you through some of my go-to strategies to free up time and to make time for the things that I really want to do for myself. Um, And then at the end of this episode, I'll walk you through a few exercises to help you get clear on how you want to really use and leverage your time. So stay tuned for that. And if you know any women who are struggling with the same thing, who've been complaining about being overwhelmed and stressed out and just not knowing how to fit it all into one day, I really appreciate you sharing this episode with them so that they can also learn from it. And you can have someone to talk to about these things and to see like, hey, is this working for you? Have you tried that? Things work better when you do them in community. And so I really encourage you to do that. So what if I told you there were three secrets that Most women who look like they have it all together are using to balance it all. If you're ready to cut back on the time you're spending on your everyday responsibilities so you can spend more time doing the things that you love, these time hacks are going to help you spend less time doing things that you have to do so that you can spend more time doing the things that you want to do. Regardless of what life is throwing at you, here are my best strategies that make the struggle 
look good. <laughs> so number one is leverage your money to reduce your chores. Now, I recognize I may be finding you at a point where you're like, hey, I don't have any extra dollars to leverage to reduce my chores. And I get that. I know that that's a real place that you may be right now. But if you keep pushing towards your goals, building towards your dreams, building your career, you are going to get to a place where you have extra money. I say extra money. I don't know if there's really a such thing <laughs> as extra money, but you will have income that is beyond what you need to eat, have a place to sleep and provide daycare for your kids. So you'll have money beyond the, the essentials and you'll have to make some decisions about how to use that money. I really encourage you to think about using that money in ways that help free up your time. Because when you have more time, you have more bandwidth to be more creative and to lean into the things that you want to do for your family and to create those memories. And so it's really, really worth the investment. When I was in college, I had a friend whose apartment was always clean. I was really surprised when she told me that they had a cleaning service. I thought cleaning services were like for wealthy people, not for regular people. When I asked her, like, how are you guys affording that? She was like, well, it's only about $20 each for each of our roommates because there were four of them. And it was like a two bedroom apartment. And they had someone come in weekly. And they avoided all of the drama that everybody else was, you know, dealing with about, you know, who's doing the dishes and mopping the floor and etc. So that really stuck with me. And as I grew into my adult life, I met more and more women who were using cleaning services. And it seemed like every time I went to someone's house that was like immaculately clean, I would be like, oh, your house is so clean. You do such a great job. And they would be like, oh, I hire someone to help me with that. <laughs> and so I came to see that this was a good and important thing to do. And I started hiring out cleaning. We actually, as I talk to you now, we don't have a cleaning person because uh, we have the same person for like seven years. And she um, decided to do something else and not clean houses anymore. And so we've been um, doing it ourselves and we're <laughs> we're trying to figure that out. So I do say right now we do not have a cleaning person, but I think that everyone should have one. And as soon as we have the time and bandwidth to find someone we really like, we're going to we're going to lean into that again. But I understand the guilt that can come along with hiring help. And if you feel guilty when you think about paying someone to clean your home, I want to say to you directly Paying someone to clean your home does not mean you are lazy or a bad person. It may make you feel uncomfortable at first and your relatives may judge you, but trust me, all of the drama pales in comparison to the joy of coming home to a spotless house. There are people who make their livings cleaning homes. My dad has a janitorial company, has had one since I was little. He doesn't do residential. He does corporate cleaning, but he does clean for a living and he's happy to get clients. You know, I think sometimes it is not just limited to cleaning. It's really in a lot of things in life that we don't want to hire out, we feel like, oh, well, I don't like doing this. And so I don't want to put this on someone else to do. I should just suck it up and get it done. But there's somebody who wants to do that thing that you don't enjoy doing. And so you have to get comfortable delegating things to people who are passionate about that or who are very, very skilled in that area so that you can be freed up to do the things that you are really passionate about and you're great at. Okay. Find someone that you like, you get along with, who does a great job, and hold on to them as long as you can. I recently saw this article in the New York Post that said that in 2020, American parents who lived with a partner spent an average of 23 hours and 36 minutes on cleaning and housework per month. 
or five hours and 54 minutes per week. Hiring help is not going to take the time that you're spending cleaning your house down to zero. You're still going to need to do daily tasks like wash dishes, um, but having someone to come and do laundry and a deep clean twice a month should save you at least an hour a week. What could you do with an extra hour a week? And while you're considering outsourcing household chores, you should also think about using a grocery delivery service or at the very least, using the grocery pickup option offered at most grocery stores. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, the average grocery store trip is about 46 minutes. That doesn't include the round trip drive to the store. If you go to the grocery store every week, that's about four hours a month that you could save. So when we're saying to ourselves, like, I don't have time to work out three times a week for 45 minutes, or I don't have time to meditate 15 minutes a day, or I don't have time to go on that walk around the block and like clear my head. You can create that time by outsourcing things. And then when you outsource them, you don't fill that time with someone else's priority. You take that time and you use it for what you need to be whole, what you need to keep your mental health stable what you need to energize yourself, okay? You make the time and you protect the time because you wouldn't have had that time before anyway. So everything else will get done. The next secret to maximizing your time is not being afraid to ask for what you need. If you are overwhelmed, stressed, and desperately in need of help, but you haven't directly asked anyone for the help you need, I may be about to change your life. Like, for real. <laughs> As a wife and a mom, taking care of your home and your family can feel like it's 100% your job. Even if I don't argue that point and we say you are in charge of the home, that doesn't mean that you can't delegate. Bosses delegate. If you're in a relationship or co-parenting, take a little time to think about what responsibilities you can directly ask your partner to take over for you. When my son was a toddler, I had my husband take over bedtime. I can't say I didn't feel guilty about missing out on some of those sweet moments with my son, but I was overwhelmed. And this arrangement allowed me time to myself. Every night I knew I had like 30 minutes to an hour that I could just sit in silence or I could do whatever I wanted to do. And it was a game changer. Eventually I got back to myself and I joined in on bedtime again, but at that moment I needed the hour to do whatever I wanted to do for myself. And the delegation doesn't have to stop with your partner. One of the biggest blessings for my sanity and my marriage has been my mom offering to watch my son every Friday night. We were blessed that this was something she wanted and asked for uh, when my son was little, but it's possible that your parents will be willing to watch your kids on a regular schedule, if even if they haven't offered. If weekly is too much, maybe they could do it monthly. This is also something you could ask your close trusted friends to help with. I've heard of couples who swap weekends so both couples can have a date night. Be creative and ask for help. And even if you don't have kids, there are things in your life that you are taking on um, that there's someone that could help you with if you would simply ask. It's so, so important. Now, the third secret is owning your no. And this one is kind of like you hear, you hear of like the trick questions. It's kind of like that, right? Because one of the secrets to being able to do it all is really to not do it all. I know it's kind of counterintuitive. But if you're trying to be everything to everyone, you are not going to be able to. But if you figure out exactly 
who you want to be there for, what you want to do with your time, then you'll be able to fit the things that are really priorities into your life. One of my biggest time-saving superpowers is my ability to decline an invitation. I generally only go to events that I want to attend. And once I commit, I'm in, but I carefully consider all invitations. Some things are essential. I'm certainly not suggesting you skip your sister's wedding or your best friend's birthday party. Um, But what I've come to understand is when I say yes to one thing, that I'm saying no to something else. Even if that something else is just having a day of rest or cuddling up on the couch with my kiddos to watch a movie. I've decided that what I want to do with my time matters more than what other people want or expect me to do. And that understanding has been a game changer for my life. And when you fully understand how valuable your time is, you don't feel as guilty for declining. If you go to a few less playdates or skip the birthday party when the entire class is invited, the world will keep right on spinning. Just send a gift or a note if you must and keep it moving. And this works in all areas of your life. Even at work, there have been a lot of times where I've been offered opportunities to you know, go to a convening or go on a trip or go to a conference. And I carefully consider all of those opportunities. Like, is this something that's really going to move my work forward? If I don't attend this thing, is it going to harm my project or my productivity? And I say no a lot. And that keeps my job manageable. And it's good because it makes it possible for me to keep my job and for me to keep working there and to be energized by my work. And so we have to set these boundaries that allow us to really show up as our best selves and to live the full lives that we really want to live. All right, so those are my three secrets. Now I want to walk you through a few exercises. Now I want to walk you through a few exercises that are going to help you prioritize your time and live the life that you really want to live, okay? I created a free workbook that has all of these exercises in it. So I will walk you through them, but if you want to be able to like follow along um, and fill this out in my PDFs, you can go to shariawoods.com forward slash time and download my time finder workbook. And it's going to have all of the exercises that I'm walking you through today in that workbook. Okay, so now I'm going to walk you through these exercises. The first thing that I want you to do is to get really clear on what matters in your life. I want you to rank your top four priorities. Like what are the four most important things to you in your life at this phase of your life right now? Some category ideas might be family, career, business, spirituality, health, rest, recreation, home maintenance. I don't know what your priorities are and there's no judgment about what your priorities are, but I want to start this exercise with you telling me what the most important things to you are right now at this phase of your life. Feel free to pause this podcast and do that part of the exercise and come back to me. Or if you download the PDF, you can just go through this later and even start the podcast again if you want to just get a big picture of of how this process works. But once you have your top four priorities, I then want you to spend an entire day from the moment you wake up to the next day, the moment that you wake up and track how you spent all of your time. And so I want you to write down every activity that you did, the number of hours that you spent on that activity, 
and then come up with a category for what that activity was. So, for example, if you woke up and you took a shower, you brushed your teeth, um, all that stuff, then that would be like maybe 30 minutes grooming or an hour grooming. Um, Then you made breakfast for yourself and your kids. Maybe that's 20 minutes meal preparation. Um, Then you got your kids dressed. That's maybe that's like an hour kids time. I don't know what your categories are going to be. Okay. But I want you to go through, list everything that you've done, and then put the category next to each activity and try to come up with categories that are broad enough that you're going to be able to bucket those and get a good sense of like how you're spending your time every day. Okay. So I want you to do this for at least 24 hours. Uh, When you're asleep, you're just going to track that as time that you were asleep. So then after you do that on a separate sheet of paper, I want you to go through and write all of the categories that you wrote. And then I want you to write next to those categories, how many hours you spent doing things in those categories. Okay. So now you should have a nice clean list of like spending time with my kids doing stuff, three hours, spending time cooking, two hours, spending time exercising, an hour, you know, however you did it. And you can do this for multiple days if you want to get a bigger, uh, I guess, sample of how you're spending your time as well, Uh, but at a minimum 24 hours. Okay, so once you've done that and you tracked all your categories and the time that you spent in each of those categories, I want you to create a list of the top four categories of where you spent your time. You can leave off sleep. um, And if you had work kind of bucketed into one giant work bucket, You can leave that off too because, you know, you can't really, unless you're an entrepreneur, you can't really control how much time that you're at work. You could do this exercise separately for work to kind of see how you could use your workday differently, but that's another conversation. Maybe we'll do that one another time. But I want you to get clear on for the time that you are not sleeping or working, how did you spend that time? What were the top four categories of activities? Now, once you've done that and you have your top four activities that you use your time on, I want you to go back and look at the top four priorities that you listed in the beginning and try to notice, do these match up? Does it feel like, does it look like the way you're using your time matches up with the values that you have? And when you're looking at that, I want you to journal and just write about like what surprised you most about the differences or similarities between your values and how you were using your time. And then I want you to ask yourself how you would like to spend your time differently. What would you like to spend more or less time doing on a daily basis? Then after you've done that, I want you to ask yourself how your life would improve if you could spend more time doing more of what really matters to you. And then I want you to think about what you could outsource, delegate, or stop doing to make more time for what matters. And I have a few more questions in the workbook that you can do if you download it. Again, it's at Sharia Woods dot com forward slash time. And so if you want to go into a little more depth with this, but you get the concept, right? Like the idea is you are going to get a big picture landscape of how you're using your time. See if that matches up with how you want to use your time, the things that are really important to you. And then you're going to make some intentional changes. And um, at the end of this, I want you to pick a few small action steps that you can take Think about the beginning of this episode where I talked about outsourcing things. Um, If you have disposable income, do that. Asking for help, saying no to things. What are things that you can stop doing? And so I want you to think about 
two action steps that you can take that will free up a little time for you to be able to do more of the things that align with your values. Okay. All right. I know this was a lot. Hopefully you download the workbook because it will be a lot simpler to walk through there, but I could not share these exercises with you in case you didn't have time to download that. I really want you to start thinking about some of these thought questions and thinking about the control that you do have over your life. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed that even if it doesn't take a lot of time to do the thing that would make our life a lot better, we're just like, I have no more space. I have no more capacity to do anything else. And doing an exercise that's really intentional like this will help you get clarity on what changes you could make and how you can make space for a little bit of time for yourself or to do things that you really want to do for your family that you're not able to do now or things that you want to do in your personal life that you you don't have time to do now. Um, There is room, but you just have to be strong and say no to things that are not moving you forward towards the life that you want to live. All right, friends, that's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for coming and joining me again. If you know anyone who's overwhelmed, I really encourage you to share this episode with them and I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me today and for staying until the very end of the show. It would mean the world to me if you would follow the Rise Society podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep shining.